0: Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast, where formally off-the-table topics take center stage so you can feel comfortable, confident, and free in your body. This podcast was born out of the desire to share the intimate and necessary conversations about one of the most ignored, abused, and suppressed areas of our bodies, our pelvises. Not sure where that is? Let's put a finger on it, shall we? I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, holistic pelvic physical therapist, womb worker, and educational speaker and advocate for all things pelvic health. My hope for this show is that it enlivens listeners like you to take steps towards healing your own relationship with your pelvic space holistically for fuller embodiment and a more loving human experience. So when you're ready, let's take a deep breath and dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm sitting with Alexandra Mazur, who has an incredible story to share with you and to share with me, because honestly, I haven't heard a lot of this uh, part of her story before. But um, Alexandra, why don't you share a little bit about who you are
1: first and what brings you here today? Yay. Yes, I'm Alexandra and I am so happy to be sharing this with whoever is listening. So um, I'll dive right in. I think I'll dive right into my herpes story and why I'm sitting here sharing it with you. Um, I am exactly 10 years out of the first time I got herpes. So I'm 33. I was 23 when I got it. And the last 10 years um, have been amazing. They've been full of ups and downs, but the first the beginning of them after I got herpes was, you know, probably the the hardest years of my life. The first year was um, really, really hard. And, and then it got progressed, slowly got better and better. But I, I know there's a definitely like a range of how it impacts people. And some are fortunately, no, it's not that big of a deal when I just like to, you know, say that up front, because it isn't a big deal. (laughs) But for me, Mm -hmm. When I got it at 23, I was a virgin. Um, I up to like the month before I got it. Mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic. Getting a STD or a, a disease sexually transmitted was just disgusting and shameful and like the worst possible thing that could happen. Um, but I was set up to be traumatized. <laughs> so unheard. Um, <laughs> so when I got it, I was very, it was a v- very, very traumatizing for me. And then I learned over the years, like that everyone has a different story. It's not the end of the world for some people, but I do like to share that it was hard and the things I went through just in case others out there are still going through something hard or, or just learning about it or learning a partner has it or whatever it is, because I feel like my particular story kind of covers a lot of bases. Um, and yeah, so I now at Ten years later, I would say a lot of it's resolved. I still have. Well, we can get into this. I think maybe a little later. Um, <laughs> I still have trauma, like in my vagina, in my yoni, like repressed, just like fear. Um, that I'm working on, but but that that is a, a work in progress right now. I don't. Yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I so appreciate you being so open and honest about this topic because in, in full transparency, I think I still have that like stigma even, or I had that, um, up until maybe sometime last year, realizing that more people that I'm close to have it or have gotten it from their partners. And it's just something I've been more wary of too, as I've gone obviously into pelvic and health here. And it makes a huge difference on how you feel about your body either way. Right. Yeah. Um, so I totally appreciate where you're coming from and how much knowledge and just learned wisdom that you have to share. It's it's so important, I think, um, like for even people like myself who I, I don't carry that virus, but it's um, something I'm definitely interacting with on a regular basis because of who I work with and who I'm close to. So I'm just, yeah, again, very appreciative.
1: Yeah. And- and I, uh, and this is making me realize too, I want to clarify like a few quick differences right off the bat, Please. because I think it helps everyone on that. I got genital herpes. So I got it on my vagina, on my left labia. It comes like, once you get it, it kind of shows up in the same spot. I, I'm pretty sure this is similar for people with cold sores, which is also a version of herpes. Um, Sometimes it can show up in other places, but, but yeah, so I got genital herpes the version that I got I got herpes one though so there's hsv and and I, I know you that might that. I, yeah. <laughs> um, there might um there you can get herpes one or herpes two down there now like mm. like I guess when this virus was becoming more um prominent it was like oral and genital and usually oral was herpes one genital was herpes two but now they're very interchangeable so like people say, oh, you can get, you can get herpes one from a partner. Like if they go down on you and they had a cold sore that was coming up and didn't know it, or if they're, it's called pro droning. So if they're like, they're about to have a cold sore, even if they don't have it on yet um, you could get it that way. I I don't think that's how I got it because I was not doing that at the, the, with the partner that I got it with. We both have no idea who, Mm -hmm. because we both had a breakout for the first time, like, so to this day, we'll never know who gave it to who or, oh, wow. yeah. Or like maybe he got it with a previous partner and just never had it come up. Anyway, just to to wrap the, there's herpes one, herpes two. There are, you know, different, you can, when you read about them, it sometimes says herpes one is less aggr- like aggressive of, a like it is more likely to be, um, have less outbreaks. I honestly, from everyone I've talked to, it's, it really depends on so many other factors. Like people who have HSV one can still have a lot of outbreaks, or they can have none. Or someone with HSV two, which her HSV is another the other term for it, they can have no outbreaks because they learned how to manage it. And it's really what you what you do to take care of it and take care of yourself and get rid of it. Yeah. Wait. So yeah. how? <laughs> I'm curious if you want to start from the
0: beginning a little bit. Like how when you first got the outbreak, what went through your mind?
1: What were all the things? What did you say to that partner? What did he say to you? Perfect. Yes. And then and I just and we'll I'll get to the how to fix the pain later. So just throwing that in there because I'm not gonna get that. I know if I was listening and I heard that, I'd be like, but just tell me how. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the when I first got it, I was on, I was on a dating app. I was in New York. It was 10 years ago. So like they were pretty new and I, I think it's, this is actually a really important part of it. I was, um, because I was a virgin, I was very like, there was a lot of build up into this decision to finally start being sexually active. And at, at 23 in New York, like looking back, I'm like, God, I, it wasn't that weird or strange. Like, I think it was honorable that I was, I was waiting for someone I really loved. Um, but at the time I was dating really intentionally trying to meet a nice man to, like, like I wanted partnership. I wasn't just dating around for fun. So I started to see that there were so, there's so many amazing women in New York, particularly just like doing badass things. And I was getting like broken up with because I wouldn't have sex like for a few months. And it was really, and I know if I found the right guy, it would have been fine. But at that time in my life, I even had like people I respected and elders say to me, are you really still waiting? Like, you know, mm. and I know that struck out, it was someone very close to me, like family close. Oh. And like, like maybe that's why like men want this, you know, like you can't just expect them to stick around and and that's, yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even, what like, a hurtful truth. That, that's just coming like up. Like oh. I didn't really remember that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what this podcast tends to do. It brings up weird <laughs> random memories,
1: but they, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah they're living in there, you know? Yeah. So that happened and I remember thinking, you know what, maybe this person or and, and whoever else influenced me has something to say. And th- these other women that are also amazing and kind and talented who are having sex with these men are the ones who are going to get them. And I'm not. And that was the story, I guess, that, yeah, like I... I'm eye rolling. <gasps> so I decided, you know what, I'm I'm going to... and And also, I mean... I've talked about this openly before. It was, I don't blame just myself. Like the guy I was with, he was a virgin seeker, I think. <laughs> no way. He was like so excited when he found out and he was like, I want to be the one to take your virginity. I'm going to teach you. We're going to, you're the, you're, you mean so much to me. I told my parents about you, blah, blah, blah. We had sex, broke up with me a few days later. It was like really, really bad. And, wow. and then so that this that's the beginning of the story and then that like literally a month later I was I was so hurt and confused but I was like I'm not giving up I'm owning my sexuality I'm continuing with the decision I made and after a few dates with the next person I was dating we slept together he was a nice guy everything like again saying this out loud as a 33-year-old <laughs> that's not in a marriage yet I'm like you could have waited like I, I sure but I don't no need to be hard on your 23 I was like I thought I was just so more I don't know anyway um <laughs> we both had a, it was probably only like 48 hours after we had sex for the first time and I had a horrible rash burning stinging sensation in my vagina and I had had like yeast infections before or BV and bacterial vaginitis that, you know? vaginosis, yes. Vaginosis. <laughs> vaginitis, vaginosis, yes. <laughs> and um so I I knew I was like, I do not think this is what this is. And um it was so, so, so painful. So I went straight to um an urgent care and got in at a few call gyneco- I like set up multiple appointments because I was like, I just want to get to the bottom of what on earth this is. It was like I called out of work. Um, and of course, I called the guy too. And he said he had an outbreak. He was like, really shook up. He was like, you gave it to me. And, and honestly, I didn't, we kind of fell apart after that. But I think it was just because we were both dealing with so much. Like we were both so sh- sh- shook shaken up. Yeah, that we didn't. It, it was just like, we weren't to the point yet where we were supporting each other. It was like, oh, dear God, figure this out with your friends, with the people close to you. Just basically focusing, like, what's happening to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I I thought for sure at that time he gave it to me. So I was like this, uh, like I was angry. And he probably thought the same about me. So anyway, I found out or I got tested and they said, yeah, you have HSV-1, herpes-1. And, um, you know, here's Valtrux, which is a an, uh, prescription. And it's funny because I look back and I remember... I remember I would do anything to be out of the pain. So I did take it initially for a few days and it, but I mean, it's, it it didn't, I, I ended up, I just want to caveat that like, I didn't end up, that wasn't the solution for me. And I wish, I almost wish I wouldn't have. There's like, it has like side effects and complications and it's like, I know Ugh, it's such a, it's such a, such a hard part. I know it's like a sensitive topic with like medication, but mm. there's so many other ways to heal it. And I wish at the time that I got it, I had resources and knew how to take care of my body and how to support myself, my mental health, um, so that I could have kicked it on my own. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was the quick little story of how it happens. The first, the first go-to was the medicine. And then the journey began mm. <laughs> unleashed all the things. So yeah, then what was what was next? Like you took the medication, and then so it was. It didn't go away at first. It was so bad. The medication kind of helped, like make it not be a worse breakout. So I think you can get like multiple blisters. I had one. The medication kind of like tamed it. I was in such a state of shock. My nervous system was just. I guess state of shock isn't the right word because I wasn't. I was functioning. I went back to work, but my nervous system was just like. So like now looking back that I know more about this, I was in complete fight or flight and just like not able to digest right. My digestion was digestion that's ever since then has been thrown off. I've also come really far though healing that. But um but but that is when it got really bad. So it's interesting to think of. And I quit my job. I decided I didn't want to be in New York for a few months because I was so and, and again I I don't want everyone to think like this was for me just a really traumatizing experience, but you don't have to quit your job and leave the heal (laughs) because I'm telling this story so that you don't have to do that. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I wanted to be with my family and with people close to me because I thought my world was over. Like I, you know, when I was looking up how to, how to feel, how to prevent future outbreaks or what to do about herpes on your vagina, all that would come up was dating websites for herpes and, like wow. to see that as a 23-year-old, you know, so bright and bushy-tailed and new in my career and so excited to be taking on the world in New York City, like I was like this this is it I'm not going to be on dating websites for only people with herpes and herpes is a disgusting horrible disease. Like that was my story at the time. Um anyway, I moved home for a few like just 2 months I decided I wanted to like go to good doctors. My dad is an emergency medicine doctor, so mm-hmm. I I am very close with him and I'm very grateful that I felt comfortable talking to my parents about it, um, told him right away. And like, they were just, they were supportive. It was, you know, looking back, interesting though. I think, you know, I don't think deep down they were happy that I was sexually active, but I think, I do think they more than anything, just loved and cared about me and wanted me to feel good.
0: Yeah. That's so important. I feel like that could have gone so many which ways, you know, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially the way I was raised. And I guess, who knows, maybe they'll listen, but it would be hard to hear like that. It it wasn't, or it, actually good to hear that I'm grateful they were there for me and it wasn't. Yeah. Um. So it was good. But, but flash forward over those few months, my life changed really, really quickly. So I decided I was in a really high stress job. I was working at Foursquare in New York. I had been working at Yelp before that I was Crushing it! I was doing sales. I was partying all the time, literally all the time. Like, wow. if you're, you know, have been a New Yorker at any point point in your life, you'll know what I mean. I was in the Hamptons every weekend. I was, or in the summers, Um, I was going out in West Village, going to Meatpacking District, clubbing, like, and and then also, you know, drinking my green juice and going <laughs> to yoga, just and balancing like, it all out. Just like thinking how I was balancing it yeah, all out, right. like, but dealing with anxiety and depression and hangovers, so. So, yeah, so that was me until the herpes outbreak. And then when I started to finally sink in and learn and learn and read and read and experiment with trying to slow down my lifestyle, I started to heal. So this obviously was over the course of like two, three years, because you can't just snap your fingers and everything be fine. But I, I stopped drinking so much. And then, and then ultimately just to touch on that, I stopped drinking completely when I was about 29 and that helped so much. I think it had a huge impact. Like I haven't had an outbreak in three years. So wow. Literally like direct, like you could correlate it with drinking, but I know there's multiple factors. Um, but I I definitely slowed down when I moved back to New York, I got my yoga teacher training. Was Like I'm going to do yoga teacher training, reconsider what I want to do for my career. Um, I met an amazing woman who was starting a corporate wellness company that did like office meditation, yoga, massages, nutrition programs. And we had like the best first date ever. She was looking for a head of sales and things started to feel like, okay, this is so much more aligned with what I want to do. This is the kind of company I will feel good about working for. Her and I are building an amazing company. We're not going to happy hours every night, going clubbing. Like it it was very different from like tech startup life, Just what I needed. And I think, I think the yoga honestly though, like kept me in a continued state of healing, like being very grounded, teaching a little bit, finding my voice, feeling confident, like doing something that I, having something that I knew would always bring me peace if I did have like, get stressed. Um, and then the changes just, just kept happening. I've, this is random, but I had always had a sweet tooth, like a massive sweet tooth. <laughs> and I would always read like what causes herpes outbreaks. If you have herpes and sugar, 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 it like comes up all the time. And like, you know, I was kind of in denial about it at the beginning, but <gasps> through trial and error, oh my God, like in the early stages when I was still like figuring it out and having more, I did have a few out, like and and i did have a few outbreaks the first year like four or five maybe and then they very much slowed down after i started to like put all these puzzle pieces together yeah and sugar was also a massive one and, and sugar and alcohol kind of go hand in hand alcohol turns into sugar in your body right. um but cutting back on my um levain cookies if anyone knows those are do
0: you know i don't know it was <laughs> like
1: these giant giant chocolate chip cookies in new york that you ate in line for and um I yeah don't eat those anymore but um but I or Ben and Jerry's like I because I quote like you know was a yogi and worked out all the time I was like into I was fine with I would eat whatever I wanted but eating a lot of sugar did cause me to have outbreaks when combined with a little bit of stress or whatever so eating a really clean diet and and important note that fruit is an exception and it really I've tried and trialed an art or whatever I've tested this so much because I love fruit more than anything and as long as you're eating it the right way I eat it in the morning on an empty stomach lots of it however much I want like and use it as like a cleansing device it helps so much with like detox in general that for whatever reason I'm not going to claim to know the science behind the sugar difference but it does not cause outbreaks, I can eat a pile of fruit, hmm. but if I eat a bunch of cookie dough, you know, anything it, processed, anything super processed, um, that, that, um, can lead do it? So that, yeah, is this, I'm hoping this is helpful. I'm trying to hit all the things that have helped over the,
0: Oh, hundred percent. I'm sure there are, are a few more that you've trialed and erred. So, okay. Let's just like recap a little bit for everyone. So, Having some sort of practice that keeps you grounded and at peace, yeah, mindful practice, whether that's like meditation, yoga, it sounds like you did a combination of both, right? Especially after doing your yoga teacher training and then minimizing to then eliminating
1: alcohol. And then sounds like the same thing with processed sugar, processed foods. Yep. A hundred percent. And, and I'm not, there's probably, I'm very hopeful that I, it's, will be able to, I, I, to be very honest, still to this day, eat very, very clean just because it, I I feel better. And, but I don't want to demonize them. Like I do hope I can enjoy cookies once in a while, but, like, and I just, because of what my body went through, I, I did have some digestive issues and then I've also figured out processed food just doesn't help those either. So absolutely. It's been a long road, but then like I, I do see plenty of very healthy people enjoying sweets and I'm not against it. And I will be back on that train when it's, when the time is right. Yeah. I'm just oh. like, I'm curious, like if you are
0: on your period, right? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, are you craving that
1: sweet? Are you craving like chocolate? Nope. Are you, so you don't have any cravings like that? Nope. I, oh God, this is such a good question because I think the cleaner and clean, and this is why I call, so I call my herpes a success story. Herpes is a success story. It's what? what I want to call my book that I'm going to be writing and that it started. Yeah. And it has taught me so many things. And one of them is like a lot of the things we hear. And, and I mean, I, this is a fun conversation you can I'm about like how bad our periods should be and how we should crave sweets. Like when I started to eat super clean, like I learned I needed more food on my period or right. For me, it's a few days before more calories, maybe different kinds of calories, maybe it's more carbs. Like, but to, it's, it's just like with kids, like when they have a sweet tooth, like, do they really have a sweet tooth for Fruit Loops or is it for an apple? Like, so it's really frustrating that we're taught like, oh, it's okay to just indulge on your period. No, it makes it worse if you're eating processed sugar. A thousand percent, <laughs> a thousand percent. No, this is, um. A really interesting piece too
0: because um at least for me it's like I have a sweet tooth thing but what that really is it's like showing you a deficiency in vitamin b and magnesium yeah. so yeah. it's like oh yeah then for me and how I could also get that it is through maybe like a dark chocolate for sure yeah but it doesn't need to be a processed sweet you know it doesn't need to be um I don't mean, I don't really honestly don't like candy bars. Like I don't think they're good (laughs) at all, but yeah, no, like I'm happy to have like a little piece of dark chocolate and that that's it. Or a piece of fruit, like you just mentioned, that's exactly what it is. But yeah, that it's because our metabolism changes,
1: but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was one of the best things, like learning that about my period and learning that I could learning that I could manage it, those cravings better helped with my weight, helped with my mental health, like help with the guilt of like eating, quote sweets and bad things um so cutting them out because of the herpes just opened up this oh oh my god also subtle and um this is like this is not the juicy stuff so we'll jump to the juicy stuff but that you know that like three o'clock slump people talk about like yeah I don't get that slump and ever and I know maybe it, it can it can still happen I but when I got herpes I tried to cut back a lot on caffeine as well the sugar and because I was like just fueling and feeding my body with such whole clean foods. Like I wasn't getting like the, the um, fluctuations in blood sugar levels as much either. So I stopped and I hated that 3 p.m. It's <laughs> I just wanted to like go and crawl in a hole when I got it during work. Um, so that was another little silver lining of it.
0: <laughs> no, that's actually really huge. I think yeah. a lot of people, especially in corporate America, like they're struggling with that a lot. And with our men just reaching for that two o'clock,
1: yeah, yeah, the yeah. want
0: coffee cup, you know, the third coffee cup of the day. It's just like, it's not necessary if you're feeling yourself. And if I think, feel like for women, it's just more important. But yeah, I think that's huge. And I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong, right? When you feel fueled,
1: you feel more at peace. Yes, yeah, like grounded. Oh my God. Sometimes I make it my goal. This is like a now thing, and it's really helping like for the week, like instead of having some goal to do with my business or it's just make sure I'm well fed. So I don't get hangry or anxious and it helps so much. And then this actually, I think segues really nicely into the first part you mentioned the herpes, um, like the way to manage it with being grounded and the yoga. Oh my God. Like the, the anxiety piece is massive. So P I, I firmly believe that if one, someone with herpes had their anxiety completely in check, they wouldn't get a breakout. Like I, you know, I'm not, I can't claim this, but like, but we all have anxiety. So that's probably very rare anyway. Um, but more like, like what I've heard from talking to tons of people, men and women is the more they're able to keep their anxiety down and be at peace and sleep. And the, the, the less likely they are to have a breakout, like, like people get cold sores before or after a big party weekend, or before a big event that they're nervous about, like, it's, like, a, mm. it's a, a, it's a telltale a, sign of anxiety, and, um, and even my dad, I know he wouldn't care about this, he gets cold sores, um, so he has, technically has herpes, like, um, and he, um, t- he gets, he knows that one is, if he has a big golf weekend with his buddies, and he's, like, being a, <laughs> doing what he calls partying and, you know, staying up late and having a few <laughs> beers. Like yeah. he sometimes gets a cold sore and he, and he takes lysine like religiously when he's stressed. That's another like massive, um, and it's an amino acid, I believe that it's like nothing. It's just a supplement. You can get it wherever, um, over the counter. And it really helps with the suppression of the virus if taken in the right doses. Like if you take enough of it, um, anyway, it doesn't like I, for me, it doesn't directly make me calmer. It's just something that helps people manage the the outbreak. But getting back to the stress thing, I think the more and more I got into yoga and meditation, like you said, for me, that's what it was. It can be walking. It can be anything and managing anxiety around my relationships, whether romantic ones or with friends, cutting out, this sounds bad, but cutting, like disconnecting with friends in my life that weren't bringing peace and joy to my life but that were more stressful or like not aligned and I was just kind of keeping around because I thought you know that this is like controversial but like I had my party friends and like I when I stopped drinking a lot and like I was like I don't I'm saying I found myself saying no to a lot of events but stress equaled breakouts and if those friends weren't there to also go on a hike with me then like I I moved on Um, So I think that's important, though, you yeah. know, because
0: especially as you go through all these different like life changes or life phases, like, your priorities change, like your values are going to change and yours was keeping your body healthy and in check. And if all these other activities weren't going to, you know, bring you that, then it's yeah. like, okay, and they're not willing to do the other things with you, then you were leaving those things behind in a in a good way.
1: Yeah, and it and that is brings me to how I left New York actually, like, and and um, so. because I again like it herpes is really, oh God, I can't even imagine if I didn't get it because <laughs> I found. I fell in love with some things in my life that I would never want to give up, one of which is surfing. And I moved to, well, basically when I lived in New York, I made it a point during the winters. I was very, I hated the freezing cold. So freezing cold to me, taking a subway and blizzards equaled stress. I had herpes. How do I prevent stress? I go to Costa Rica for a month and (laughs) that was like my way to And I'm very lucky that I was able to do that because I worked at a small company and I worked, I could work remote. This was before all the work remote stuff happened, but I found surfing and the ocean and was like, this lifestyle of living in New York city for me is not long-term. And after my first trip there, I told my business partner that I wanted to move somewhere where I could be closer to the ocean. And I was considering California or Mexico. And it was very scary because I thought there was a chance I wouldn't be working that, with her anymore. And she said, "Let's try it," and it was amazing. So I was able to work remote from. I moved to California, where I am right now, with you, and um, and really, for real, changed my lifestyle. So now, when I go, I, I like to use the example. It's just not hard anymore. Like when I go to a party, it's like, oh. Do you want a Lacroix? Lacroix? I don't. Sorry, I don't know how we say it. Or a kombucha, or like I mean, I think maybe we have some beer. Like I'm, I'm dead serious. That's how my first like SoCal party was. I was like, I think God, great. (laughs) You found your people. I found my people, and that leads to like it. I I I talk about this in something I wrote recently. Like I glossed over you can do all these things, right? Like you can change your diet. You can cut back on alcohol. You can meditate every morning and you can try to manage this anxiety and this physical stress that causes herpes outbreaks. I was such a doer, like go, go, go fix, fix, fix that. I, I did that all. And I stuck to it and I was very like religious about it that I, I almost got in this pattern of like, not just like letting go sometimes. And I tried so hard to so drastically make the changes that I you know read about and talked about, and that it was still happening. like I was still getting outbreaks once in a while and trying to pin them on a certain event or whatever. And anyway, now I realize that I did it I lost some things in the process, like I am starting over in California. I've been here two years, and it's amazing, but like, it is really hard to leave my whole family behind and all my close friends are on the East coast. And so acknowledging that, like, okay, you did like the the things that you're supposed to, but it's okay if you still have some like anxiety or depression around like a ma- massive life change. And um, I mean, I guess the good news is it hasn't yet caused an outbreak because they haven't had. That
0: I yet. was just going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, just thinking about like that change, uh big transition, obviously moving coast to coast and then leaving behind a lot of your community, that those kinds of transitions I feel like would potentially lead to an outbreak. But it sounds like yeah, you were it's so rooted in like a um in a truth for you.
1: Yeah, and, like a real purpose. And and that and I think too that's what I want to share with others that like you don't have to your life doesn't have to be perfect you don't you know I'm not this like oh I'm just so great now I just surf all the time I'm like you know it's it's as long as you're doing what you can and like making an effort and like showing your body how much you love it and care for it it's going to respond and I'm actually taking a course right now with um it's like a sexual like a, a I don't know how to like do it justice, but it's like helping heal, heal, heal from sexual trauma and learning how to, um, desensitize your yoni, your vagina. And I didn't even correlate the fact that, so we're we're just getting right into this, that I have not had a vaginal orgasm, like a deep orgasm ever. Like I can have clitoral orgasms and I, they feel great and whatever. But when it comes to sex, I am still pretty numb. And like when my partner is inside of me, I like don't really feel anything. And and I think t- when it comes to, so sure I've prevented the outbreaks, but it's, and, and that's amazing. And I wanna help you like the, just not to, the pain with outbreaks and, and suppressing them is like a huge accomplishment. I
0: really hope you're enjoying this episode and wanted to take a quick pause to share with you one of my latest offerings, the Pelvic Embodiment Bundle. It's a bundle of knowledge that every person with a pelvis and vagina should know. From the basics of anatomy and energetics to the ranges of activities and exercises to attune to and connect to your pelvic floor, you'll be able to practice your embodiment with the help of these classes to live your life to its fullest and most present. It includes my clients' and students' favorite teachings, including Yoni Eggs and Wands 101, Kegels 101, Constipation Class, and the Secure, Loving, Open Pelvic Embodiment Masterclass. You can purchase the bundle to create and deepen that connection to your body. Don't forget to use the code PELVICPULSE in all caps to receive 10% off at checkout and to begin your journey to pelvic embodiment with me. Now let's get back to the episode.
1: But now, next step is like looking deeper, and like every woman should be able to experience pleasure, and that's my next step because I do think that did it's still something I'm working on, and the fact that I can't experience it yet is probably because I'm kind of numb. Like I've literally maybe I meditated the pleasure away. (laughs) Oh my god, the pain?
0: No, not at all. But like kind of what I'm what I'm seeing just like the visual that I'm getting is you know there's a spectrum of pain and pleasure and it feels like as if you're you're kind of at this place of neutral and it's not it's not a bad place to be but it sounds like you're just navigating yourself over to the other side of the spectrum yeah and so that takes time too like you've got like you said you've come so far so like resolving even um yeah like overcoming the pain and overcoming even the fact that outbreaks can't happen and they haven't for the last
1: three, yeah three years. years. Yeah. right yeah, It's huge. And it's like, and before that, you know, for those of you listening, you have herpes and like, I would go like years at a time without an outbreak. And then, or sometimes this is like a, a just a good little aside for some good advice. So sometimes I would go, you know, a long time without an outbreak and then I would feel one coming on. Like kind of like you feel like a pimple coming on like and you know it's happening you're like oh god it's coming there are so many ways to stop it in its tracks and I'm going to tell you some of them preview from my book um ice cold like temperatures so I mean I guess it's all the rage right now is cold therapy but I I personally I I don't have the this is going to be like controversial but like For me, what helped the most was like direct compress and like a bag of peas or an ice pack wrapped in a paper towel with some water on it, like and just holding that against the where it was about to have an outbreak on my vagina. And it that would literally knock it out sometimes. And then just you know, like you would hold it for 10 minutes, breathe maybe 10 more minutes, and then move on with your life. Um, I tried like the whole cold plunge thing, and I learned that it's amazing. But I want to throw out there to just think about it if you do have like nervous system issues, because it didn't, it didn't, it didn't do anything wrong for me. It just didn't help me with my nervous system. <laughs> yeah, no, you
0: definitely have to be, I mean, even for me, like, I don't know what research is out there. I haven't really like looked recently, but at least for me too, when I'm about to be on my period, my nervous system doesn't want to be shocked and stressed even more. Yeah. yeah and from, like, an Ayurvedic and a Chinese medicine standpoint, I need warmth. Yeah. I need that to be, like, open and warm so it can release and let go oh. versus, like, cold and constriction. And even though it's funny because James and I talk about this a lot because he makes cold punches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love cold punches. I'm just saying. I mean, I do, too. But, like, all in the right timing, you yeah, know, and yeah. all to a certain degree. It doesn't have, need to be, like, an everyday thing. But for me, at least... But, um, yeah, it's just funny. Cause we talk about how like the cold will send all of the blood to your core and to your center. But I'm like, still like, I, that doesn't feel great on my nervous system to do that. You
1: know, it's just not what my body's being called to do. I'd rather sit in a steam. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Rather sit in a sauna. And, and that's an interesting thing that I used to, because the cold worked so well for like the cold compress, like the bag of peas or whatever, I would fear like hot showers and stuff. But over the years I've learned that like, It's just like you said, there's a, you know, cost benefit, like the relaxing presence of warmth, like did better than it did it It, like as long as I kept it cool in general down there, like just like if you have a yeast infection or something like you don't want it to be overheated. But but yeah, so so the cold thing and then another thing just to to make sure I don't forget because it's like saved my life so much is like some not really natural, like easy to get ointments, like neem cream is one. Um and I can share it. You can find me and it's on my like Instagram and website. But neem cream is one and lemon oil, like lemon balm oil. You have to be careful. It's obviously a really strong oil, but I put a tiny bit right on like where I would ha- like a, be about to have the breakout and it would like zap it. And I think and I've used those like a lot so it's it's. I can say from personal experience they didn't do anything bad and they have thousands and thousands of reviews on like helping me manage herpes wow. and god if I I'm so grateful I found them because for me I'm very and you know call this an issue but I'm scared of pharmaceuticals I don't want it to have to take them all the time and and there are ways to really help herpes amazing way like there is a pharmaceutical drug that you can take when you have an outbreak or you can take, um, uh, all the time if you want to prevent outbreaks. So just throwing that out there that that's a potential, but just like any other drug, there's side effects. And, um, if you want to do the natural way, those obviously aren't marketed by the companies cause they don't make any money. So, well, of course um, there are ways to do it that have worked just as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else major, But if you have any, if anyone listening has other ways, we'll learn from you too.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to hear what other people maybe have like tried as well and see what works for them in their bodies. But it's just reminding me of like, cause you mentioned, it feels kind of like a pimple. It's like putting on a pimple patch or like putting on a little bit
1: of tea tree. Yeah. Yes. That kind of just, yeah. It really helps. And this is, this is a wild one, but I, when I, I mean, I would never, oh my God, this is going to sound crazy. I think also just the continued work around like with your vagina, like Mm. self-pleasuring and like when you're with your partner and you don't have, you know, any sign of an outbreak, so you can have, say, you know, have sex. And like, if you're stressed or whatever, like being, like showing it love, showing your vagina love and showing like being sexually active. Like I, I, for the first time in so long that I'm with this, I'm with a wonderful man right now. And we, I haven't had a smidgen. I haven't had like a thought or an inkling or the tingle. Those of you listening who have herpes know what I mean by the tingle of an outbreak. And we have been having like quite a lot of sex. And mm. in the past, some of the times I would have outbreaks would be like after having a lot of sex. And I think it, like it would be because of like fear or like, oh, is this wrong? I'm not married yet. Like that's a whole nother topic, but like, oh yeah, I was having guilt and now that I'm like doing the work on this, on this um, workshop I'm taking, like to learn that, you know, I am loving and accepting my body and doing what feels right. And like, I'm with a man that cares deeply about me and I care for him. And it's this whole other side of healing. That's like, literally, I feel very confident that I will not have another outbreak in my life. If I continue, I mean, life happens, but I will continue to like, like you said, like cross this line and. Find the pleasure i it's a whole topic but like how pleasure can help heal as well like 100 uh, percent. i mean i always say
0: even from like a pelvic health standpoint it's like sex in itself can be pleasurable it can be therapy like it can be healing a pleasure practice isn't just pleasure. Like that can be therapy. That can be healing. Yeah, It's kind of like it all blends together. And whether your intention for like your self-touch is like, cause I always tell people um, like a a very common homework assignment that I give for my clients is self-touch and whether that's with a mirror and they're touching to just like feel the tissue or they're actually working to massage their yonis. It's like, I tell them it doesn't have to be pleasure-based like it doesn't have to like end in an orgasm or anything like that and also if it does it's okay all of it's gonna be healing all of it is let's call it therapy for yourself and it's like perfectly okay um and
1: if anything necessary (laughs) yeah yeah I really like like this is me speaking from my pelvic floor right now my vagina like ever since I started a more like regular self-pleasuring practice and like I I have really felt like stronger down there, like in so many ways, like, like, but also like resilient, like physically resilient to, to a viral infection. Like mm-hmm. I felt like because of the, the um, vibration or what I, I don't, I don't want to get, I, I want people listening to know that like, there's so many methods dealing cause I know there's I'm just thinking of, you know, my friends and family in the in certain religious communities that might not be open to this and that's okay and I understand and I, there's so many ways to healing but for me it is skyrocketed the healing. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Okay, wait. So, let's back up a little bit because I think this is a really um important piece and maybe something we can like talk more about too just like with dating. Yeah. And you know, meeting someone, like even how you met this guy, like how you met this guy who is so deeply caring for you and someone who's like working with you on, you know, maybe reaching your, uh, vaginal orgasms and yeah. things like that. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's all, it's all incredible. Um, so how, how did you approach it? Yep. And then how would you recommend like other people to approach it or like, you know, what are the lessons that you've learned? Yeah. In
1: dating? Oh, I've learned. I mean, this is yet again one of the amazing, strange, like benefits is being with having gone through dating tons and tons of people in New York, and then when I moved here, and you end up like kind of getting rid re- of the guys that like aren't open to learning, aren't compassionate. Because if they really do the work to learn about this this virus and what I, and and learn about my story and how I've suppressed it, like. There's really very not much to fear at all. Sure, yes, there is a very small chance they could get it. There's also like extremely high chance they've been exposed to it before and they're resilient to it or they already have the antibodies, they already have it. I, in my experience, I've, I I don't know the exact number, so I'm not gonna throw out a statistic, but like (laughs) several guys have told me that, oh my God, thank God I I have it too. I'm like, when were you planning on telling me? But (laughs) like- (laughs) Well, did they like when you would, would you ask that? And then, yeah, I will. I I would never ask it as a question. So I'll kind of say what I tell guys. And then, and then um when I say what I'm about to say half the time, they've said, oh yeah, that's not a big deal. I have it too. And it's interesting that I'm always the first one to say something, but I do say it really early on because I don't want to waste my time with someone who wouldn't be like at least receptive to it. So usually like, and it's different with everyone. Right. But on like the second or third so, yeah second third fourth time hanging out with someone or if it's a slower start and you start more as like a friendly thing I've, I've waited longer um it just depends on the person but I say hey like something I want to run by you it's kind of like it's kind of a big deal for me personally and it's like just something I think that is important to share with anyone I date and and I don't you know you'll read like don't make it serious but it is for me it is serious so I don't get nervous about making it seem like a big deal because it is. And um, I say, I just, I just go with it. I just like throw it out there. And, and I always tell myself, I'm going to do it in a neutral setting, like at dinner. Mm-hmm. And often it does not happen like that. And it happens when you're like cuddling or making mm-hmm. out with someone. And and that's fine too. Like, I, I'm sorry, but the, the, the guys can deal with like, cause I used to hear, don't tell them when you're in bed and like, you're about to like get that. It's like, they can deal with it. Like if, you can just stop, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, and so I say, I when I was younger, my early twenties, I got exposed to HSV one, which is oral, like the, it's the oral herpes, but I got it genitally, so I got it on my vagina. And I, you know, this is a lot, so I'm just gonna tell you, and like, and usually they they're they're at this point, literally, they'll stop me and say like, oh my god, it's okay, or they'll just listen, and either either way it's 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 fine and good and I'll say that I haven't had an outbreak in a really long time I've never given it to someone that I know that have I've you know that I've know I've had some serious boyfriends and no one's ever gotten it and I just I'm often I I say this too I say I'm often even like hesitant because I've been told like there's no need to tell but like I just feel an obligation to because there is a small chance like if I had an outbreak I wouldn't want you to be caught off guard and we wouldn't be active yeah
0: I just feel like that that's so in integrity with you yeah and I also feel like because you were exposed to it it's like it has changed your life in all these different ways and it's like it 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 almost it changed your lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's like, they would, if they, if they asked you to like, Hey, do you want to go out and party? And you're like,
1: no. And they're like, wait, why? Yeah. Like (laughs) It kind of just makes everything make sense. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it that's, I think I, without realizing that that's why like, it's helped me with dating because it kind of weeds out guys that I don't, I'm not aligned with in general. Right. Like it, it, you know, goes to the drinking thing. Like I, I don't, because I don't drink at all, it, it kind of makes it, dating's kind of tricky with that, but, like, once they learn that it's, like, a lifestyle thing, and I didn't have a problem, and, like, I mean, not that anything wrong with that, but, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, like, it's, I think it's, um, it is very helpful to find, yeah, to help find someone that you're, like, more aligned with. Um, Once I, like, have said it I and I just want to put everyone of these listening that has to that has to talk to someone it is amazing because it shows like deep human like love and compassion for even men who aren't emotionally available sometimes because when someone opens up that much about something like like you're you can only unless you're just an asshole like I've seen men that I would never you know didn't think had the capacity to open up and be like, oh my God, thank you for sharing and hold me so close and tell me that mm-hmm. they care so much. And like, and and it in 90, okay. So this is where I kind of the statistics I feel confident about throwing out there. 90% of the time, ish feels like most often it hasn't even been an issue. It's been like, oh my God, totally fine. I've had other partners that have gone through this. I've been exposed to it. I've never gotten it. Let's let's get it on. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And um that that's happened a lot. Like the The guy I dated before my current relationship, he was a scientist. He was had his PhD. He was like extremely intelligent, and he was like owned a medical company. And when I told him, he was like, "Are you serious? Like everyone has that? Like come on." And he almost even to a fault, like made me like made me feel like I told him about how I'm writing a book about it. He was like, "No one's gonna read that. Everyone has herpes." And I'm like, "Okay, but 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 it made this brilliant man saying this made me kind of feel like good, like okay, so." There is a, a a camp of people out there that feel like he does because he wasn't just saying that.
0: No, no, absolutely not. I think there yeah. are, there is definitely a camp of people who are like, oh yeah,
1: everyone has everyone it. has it's not
0: it. a surprise. Yeah, like, but I think for someone like you and for someone like me who had this like upbringing and had a certain ideal ideology. Whoa, ideology. Wait, I can't even say oh, it right yeah, now. Yeah. Ideology. <laughs> ideology. Um, around sex and what it means, and anything with STDs and what it means, and it's just like I I get why it meant so much to you,
1: yeah, Yeah. and why it means so much to you because it would mean a lot to me, yeah, and oh my god, like that just made me think of something interesting—the one guy that I did ten percent, yeah, the ten percent that did kind of get a little weird about it or, and, and weird. I, he was just like a little uncomfortable and said he wanted to look into it. And I was like, absolutely. I sent him some like articles and some things to look into and like, to have your space. Like, I understand if it's, if you're not comfortable, he was also Catholic. And oh so, <laughs> um, so, and, and, and yeah, and then it, it, it was fine. I'm, he, I'll never really know if, that relationship ended because of his fear of it or not, but I know we weren't meant to be together anyway. So I was glad that it didn't work out. Um, But, but for the most part, it's been like really easy. And I think anyone just uh, just being confident. Well, don't you think that
0: if you say you were holding this piece back, like you had not yet exposed, like shared it with someone um, and you were say, starting to become more uh, physically Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So wouldn't that almost
1: like stop you from being able to live as yourself? Like, yes. Fully yes. in your a oh sexually? hundred percent and cause anxiety. Right. And there's like literally no benefits to waiting to tell. Like and I I think one the, the the example I use with I like to share too is with the guy that I'm with right now. And um he we were we met right before I left for like a five-week trip to Europe. So um he it was funny. We we met like naturally so great on the beach. Like yeah. he was surfing and I was um walking to the surf break just to look at the waves one morning and he like this is just a fun side thing, he was like, Hey, like and he told me his name and he was like, What's your name? Like I I've seen you here once or twice. It's not like he's even seen he had even seen me a lot. He just like right away within the, the second time he saw me had the courage to say hi. I thought this was very sexy. And um Anyway, we went on one date and then I left. And so we would FaceTime a lot when I was away. And, um, and it felt so hard because like FaceTime dates are dates. Like we didn't, you know, necessarily call them dates, but after talking to him for like several times and not being able to share this, I kept telling myself, I'll tell him when we're in person. I'll tell him right when I get back, but I was stressed and anxious about it. So I ended up telling him over FaceTime and it was fine. And like, whatever. Yeah. What was
0: his reaction?
1: he was taught, he was like oh, that thank you so much for telling me like no, no that's it's okay i i i know a lot of people who have had it or been been exposed to it i i will say he he was one who maybe didn't know as much like like about it in general and i i bet he did look into it a little bit but no, oh, i think when someone like really really wants to there's so much more to like relationships and love and like he I, I, feel like a lucky woman and I think he's lucky man to have met me, but like for him to give me, I think the pe- people you're, who are meant to be in your life will give you that chance like, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been good so far. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's that's so special.
0: Yeah. And that's so important. I think for other people to hear too, like if you are someone who, um, has it and you're dating and you don't know if they, have it or don't and just yeah just sharing and not being afraid of what people will say or how they'll
1: react yeah and it makes me think too like there is the other side of like if you're hearing this and you're like oh my gosh Sharpie sounds scary like and if you if someone tells you I think something to do like right away so you don't even have to like consider the options is to get a blood test and to see if you have HSC one or 2 because in a standard STD panel and debunk this, if it's like, if anyone listening knows differently, they do not test for herpes. So they test for like gonorrhea, chlamydia, all the like the, the yeah, kind yeah. Of more um, like one off, uh, sure, another sure. term for them. But because herpes is so common now, there's like an estimate that it's between 70 and 80% of the population in America, has mm-hmm. been exposed to it cool. to HSV one or two and has antibodies, that's insane. Um, there is a high chance that you could have the antibodies and not ever have shown it or known. So I've also had people that have not realized they've had it and then they've tested positive. So like, that's another reason to tell early on because then they're not going to, they're going to know it didn't come from you. Right. So I know that was complicated, but like always, if you care about someone and they tell you, you have herpes, I would before even wasting the emotional, because it is really emotionally draining to think about what to do in that situation. Yeah. Check to see if you've been exposed to it, because if you have the HSV one or two in your blood work, then you're resilient to it anyway, and you you have just never had a breakout, or you know you're highly unlike Like maybe you had a cold sore when you were little and you don't remember, or whatever. Right. right. Um. It's like chickenpox. Right. It's in the and same family as chickenpox
0: right so I mean and in the same vein too it's just like if you were sick in any other way like I mean if you love someone also just being I'm thinking about COVID to be honest <laughs> just like I mean I got COVID and James was like living here with me obviously and he thought he wasn't gonna get it because he had been exposed to it, exposed to it so many times um but obviously those were different strands and yeah, yeah but um yeah he ended up getting it but it was um and it was pretty bad yeah. The COVID. but um in any case it was just like okay i mean when i when i was sick right i didn't want to like
1: expose him to it yeah yeah but obviously he got it anyways but that's not okay let's like no, no, rewind no, no. No, but, but i like that, you know what i'm saying i know i do and i like though that you bring this up because i'm thinking as someone who has it and the stigma we hear of like oh but herpes is forever like i'm just imagining someone listening and thinking whatever COVID's one and done or what it's not, but like, but, but, and there can be the longer stuff, but it's, it can be, this is like, what I just want to empower people so much is the herpes is forever thing is such a like lie because it does not have to be forever. Like I'm sitting here, like not having had a breakout in years. I've been to, I've spoken with professionals that believe it's Literally, like even a conspiracy, and it's just once it's eradicated, it's really not going to ever come up again. So, so, yes, yeah, so there are a lot of things you'll read if you're looking things up for the first time that'll say herpes is incurable, herpes is forever. And I am not a scientist, so I don't know the exact intricacies of yes, it lived just like chickenpox or shingles. There's something in your blood, and you- yes, it will show up positive in your blood fine. But it is a lie, in my opinion, to tell people that it's a forever um, diagnosis because I truly believe you can make it completely dormant. Some people out there believe you can completely eradicate it from your system. I'm not opposed to
0: believing believing it.
1: I'm not. There's definitely people out there that do deep, deep detox work and eradicate viruses from their systems for good. And I 100% believe in it. I like to be really available to the general population who like might not have the time or money to do that at the moment. You don't have to do that. Um, you can use some of the things I talked about and get your nervous system in check and your immune system healthy and you can prevent breakouts from happening. Yeah,
0: no, I, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is like just in your entire story and how I kind of see everyone that maybe struggles with an injury that feels long lasting or, um, yeah, just like any kind of recovery journey. Right. It's like, it's, it's not a diagnosis where your prognosis is shit. Like you not only have like changed your life for the better, but I feel like that diagnosis or that thing that happened is like something that helped you. Yeah. In your yeah. Life. Yeah. And I don't know, in a weird way, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, do you have gratitude for it? Yes.
1: This? And it makes me think of oh, just the funniest thing that I have to, God, I love my dad so much. And he would say to me, it's probably not the right timing, but when I first got herpes, he would say, and he's a you know man, instead of being like, oh, I totally understand. And like, he would say, Allie, come on. It's it's herpes. A lot of people have it. It's not like you lost your arm. It's not like you, like he would downplay it because he works in an emergency medical room. He's been, in, he was served in Iraq in the ER there. Like he has seen everything. To him, my thing was nothing. And it was very funny though, because looking back, I'm like, you've got to love it that parents are often right. And it wasn't <laughs> a big deal. And I, I do, it's just so funny because like it wasn't the right timing. But now looking back, I'm like, he was a hundred percent, right. It wasn't the, like you said, like the worst. And he probably knew deep down, like, like that I could handle it. And that I, he was probably grateful that it wasn't something worse or some cancer or whatever. Like there's so many other, it it is. Yeah. Just like you said, I'm, I'm grateful for it. That's why it's a a success story for me. And that's why, uh, like I said, like, think about the things in your life, that you wouldn't be doing if it wasn't for something that threw you off track or changed you or I cannot I, I'm, I'm obsessed I I'm obsessed with surfing and I would have never like t- made the drastic change to figure out how to change like okay maybe I would have found it some other way but I'm gonna go with it was because this really turned my life upside down and I had to find healing and uh I'm so glad I did mm-hmm. That's so special <laughs> um
0: so as of right now, how else are you spreading this message? How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your story? Are they going to have to wait for this book <gasps> to come out? Like what is the thing? Yeah,
1: so I'll just be totally honest with my current situation cuz I I recently made my Instagram public, so you can like message me on Instagram. You can find me on, um, will you put my my I will Instagram? Put it on the and, show yeah, notes. alexandra.n.maz I am very actively working on my website. It's like, it's in limbo right now. So I'm like, it's not live, but it will be soon. So like, just connect with me via Instagram if you want to chat. I would absolutely love to chat. I do do like talk programs where I like help people process like what they're dealing with and just be as someone available to talk to them and give, and then I have like fun categories and topics if you want to do a few sessions with me, like dating and um, maintenance and um, like long-term healing plans. But because I'm not like yet fully, I-, I have a full-time job that I love. So I'm not like fully immersed yet into the world of um, of doing on this new path, but it it is my goal. So I'm really excited to be starting the side business and starting my book called herpes, a success story. I'm sticking to it. Even if my editor's like, you need a different title. I'm going to say, no, I've talked about it on too many podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited. Look out for my book, um, on the shelves and on the times square, um, little thing it's going to be, it's going to be so big. I just know it. And, uh, yeah, that is the, that's, that's the update
0: perfect well thank you so much alexander for being here and expressing this entire success story because i think a lot of people will will benefit from it like inside and out and for you know their entire lives
1: to come you know? Hey, thank you for having me and i really like i'm so grateful that you two are like open to talking about this kind of thing and um we got to get more people talking. If only I had something like this to listen to when I got it, I would not have felt so alone and in so much pain. And um, let's, let's spread this. Let's spread the word. Yeah. Share this with anyone, you
0: know, Um, who, yeah, who benefit, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Let's spread this message. Thanks for listening and putting your finger on the pelvic pulse podcast. I'm Brittany Ellers. The music for this podcast was created by Just Tech. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts by hitting the subscribe button and share it with your loved ones if you found the episode helpful. If you haven't checked out my free womb medicine meditations or phasic community, click the link in the show notes. The meditations and community boards are the perfect place to begin or broaden your connection to your pelvic health. No matter what stage in life you're in, I'd be honored to support you along your journey.